Wait, the museum? Mm, there's a museum. The, the museum the in Washington D.C. It has a really stupid name, but it's re- you would love it. It's really mm. awesome. Like Nick told me about it, and I went there. Uh, I haven't been to D.C. since and, I was like eight. Yeah, I mean, I I had never been there before this, but it's just you know, I mean, it's what it sounds like. It's a museum dedicated to news, to news but they have a an archive of historical newspapers going back hundreds of years, yeah, and it's really, really really cool. Nice. You can just see. I mean, it's like you can amazing. See how big those broadsheets were. Yeah, and also just how much news. In some cases, how much news writing has changed, and also in some cases, how much it hasn't. Yeah. Like it's amazing how much these sort of traditions <clears throat> of reporting and news. Right, like good reporting and good news writing go back a long fucking way. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. They have space yeah. ice cream too. I didn't eat that. Uh-huh. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> they have space ice cream? Well, Every dehydrated. museum in DC ice has cream. space ice cream, including the Holocaust Museum. Do you mean. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You mean like they have like. You astro- gotta have some for the like, kids. Like astronaut ice cream, like freeze dried yeah. ice cream, or like dipping dots. Uh, probably both, but the, the astronaut ice cream is what I was... Okay. Yeah. The Holocaust Museum. Interesting. <laughs> it's weird that Washington, D.C. has a Holocaust Museum, but does not have a notable Japanese internment museum. <clears throat> bummer. Yeah, we have that museum about those people that we liberated. Yeah. Whoops. It's November 4th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 235. I'm Chris Remo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. Hi, Nick. Hey. Hey, Nick. Welcome back. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Wait. <laughs> Why do I... Oh, okay. Um, whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever. So, welcome to this podcast in which we discuss things. Thanks, Jake. Uh, I guess I'm just going to talk about Mario Maker for a second, because that's what I want to talk about for a sure. second. Yeah, go for um, it. Do it. When, when Danielle and I were really obsessing over Mario Maker right before it came out, or like right in the window when it came out, the sort of biggest laments um, from me and Danielle, I think, were that there were no checkpoints in Mario Maker, and also that... Uh, question mark blocks like the like the fundamental piece of mario is that mm-hmm. you hit a question mark block and a mushroom comes out but if you're big a flower comes out and those things were not in mario maker but there's an update out today if you're listening to this podcast on the wednesday that it came out a free update from nintendo that adds those two things to the editor now so you can put a mid a mid checkpoint in a level so if a player dies they don't have to play your level over, over from the start um and also if you drag a flower onto a question mark block and then drag a mushroom on top of that uh they stack and work the way you'd expect and i don't have a whole lot to say about it other than i'm really excited because even though i've still not published a mario maker level i play mario maker after work a lot and it's they've remained frustrating forever um oh actually holy crap um i did not think that people would be able to make sort of minecraft or little big planet style insane calculating weird computer things inside of mario maker but someone made a map which danielle and patricia played through on their uh they do a youtube series called boo lab where they play mario maker stuff and someone did manage to somehow create a checkpoint system man i cannot even remember how it works i'll just 
you know how those computers that you always see in video games where you make things out of computers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make yeah, some yeah, yeah. just like basically <clears throat> bit gates or whatever. Right, yeah, where you're yeah. playing a, a level that looks like a normal little big planet level or a normal Minecraft map. And then the, in the YouTube video, they go, hold on, and I'll just turn on f- free fly mode and they fly up into the sky or down into the earth. And there's just like a Nazi code breaking bunker inside with right. some, someone did that in Mario Maker to somehow deduce that you had played through part of the level before and then like oh through this yeah crazy they made a checkpoint system. system yeah where you could like input a password so to speak yeah and it would run a through a little sequence computer you would learn if you mm-hmm. got to a you know if you reached a certain point in the level and then you could go and like it load would unlock a little gate that would let you yeah, go the right exactly, way yeah yeah that's awesome yeah man that was one of the cleverest things i saw people work out how to do in little big planet 2 Right towards the end of me working there was someone worked out that the only piece of information that you carry from level to level with you if you like chain levels together is your score. And using that, they managed to set up like RPGs where you could have like stats and life and things brought would, with like, you just by it would config- encode things into your score. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that wow. awesome? By having just, just mandatory. Because you can read the score at any point and display it and like if, right. if they have over a certain amount, then make a thing. So the happen. score was like basically deterministic. Like two people who reach the same point in the level will have the same score if they have like they would just award you a very specific score yeah that's amazing yeah that's intense yeah mario maker is not anywhere resembling that level of complexity because it has no real input output that you can author but you can just make physical machines that unlock things based on code input anyway that code input is now irrelevant because checkpoints exist. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited to make some levels that I don't ever publish that use those features now as well. <laughs> I only said that because there are probably people who play Mario Maker but may not have heard that news who would be very excited right. about it's it. It's amazing how the need for something like that uh, means that people just try and work out how to make yeah. it happen. So it's kind of sad that they even put it in. So hopefully there are more things that are missing. Oh, there's there's well, people I, striving to like build crazy yeah. machines. I mean, I, I, this is a it's a cool pattern. I mean. Uh, we don't know, obviously, whether this stuff was planned or whether Nintendo is reacting to uh, user creations, or maybe we do know, and I just personally don't know. But uh, it's kind of a cool cycle, right? Because once this stuff is figured out, then it's kind of just – once it becomes something that anyone can implement, but it's just a huge pain in the ass to implement, then this sort of like cleverness part of it ends up being meaningless Yeah, because it's been solved – and it just turns into a bunch of work to to do, you know. So like, it's cool if that is then followed by Nintendo saying, "Ah, okay, this is something that the community is using. We'll just put it in the game." Yeah, it yeah. also just makes me happy that there's now at least one, like one point does not define any sort of trajectory. But Nintendo putting an update out at all that is adding enhancements to the core editor of Mario Maker is really mm-hmm. encouraging to me. Like, yeah. it, it makes me hope that maybe they will update the curation elements or maybe they will give level chaining abilities or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's cool. I saw a cool ty- sort of category of level the other day that just doesn't really exist in commercial, commercially released Mario games, or I guess Nintendo developed Mario games, uh, which is like single screen puzzle levels. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen these? There's, I, I don't know if this is a fun, I guess sort of common phenomenon phenomenon or what, but there is, some creator and mm-hmm. he or she makes levels that are exactly one screen. Like so no, no scrolling. scrolling. Yeah. <clears throat> like and that. they just, ha- you just have to sort of do things in the right sequence or sort of figure out like how to manipulate the power switches that 
you know, turn things into coins and then get the right coins to create the, the, you know, architecture that's going to let you go where you need to go. Um, it's cool. It's a cool idea. I mean, when you think of all the mechanics and player inputs that exist in Mario, you know, there's plenty of stuff there. So you can, you can create interesting, cool little puzzles as opposed to sort of plat scrolling platforming levels. And that seems like a, that seems like a pretty good vein of, uh, of player creation. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Nice. That's all I have to say about Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Forever. That's our final Mario Maker wow. statement. Thank you, that's Jay. Our final word on Mario Maker? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. You can make a coin puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Anno 2205. Yeah. Yeah. Tell out. me about I'm this. I'm so game. glad that this already came out because usually what happens with Idle Thumbs, we release on the worst possible day for a video game podcast because releasing on Wednesday means. We have to record on Tuesday, and Tuesday night is generally, yeah. like midnight is generally when st- games come out on Steam, and so it's never possible so you play to night play them. And then... <laughs> no, because they because <laughs> by the time they come out, we've already recorded the podcast. Yeah. It's it's really shitty. And so I was totally shocked yesterday when someone reply, just replied to me via Twitter and said, hey, I know 2205 is out. And then you liked that tweet. I did. I liked it with what was then a star. <laughs> And if I go back and now look at my reply, it will have been a heart. Do you feel violated? Twitter retroactively <laughs> modified my feelings towards this random guy on Twitter. <laughs> Man. But it's okay. I mean, I think I do love him because of the news he gave me. So, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to play a new Anno. Yeah, I did. Man, I really like this game so far. How about, what do you think, Nick? Is it called? Oh, I beat the game, for one. What? <laughs> I can't tell if you're just... I'm really tired, Chris. <laughs> I... I beat the game. I just stayed up and beat the game. I Are just you beat, I beat a whole round of it. Yeah, I'm really tired. <laughs> I've never completed an Anno game before. Yeah, I guess this one's <clears> different though because this one well, only has a campaign. Beat it. I mean, whatever. And the, the you, past yeah. ones have had a sandbox mode, which is what I always. It play. doesn't have sandbox mode. Well, you can keep playing after you beat yeah. the game. That was my heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can just keep doing right. I mean, you can just keep, yeah. You yeah. guys, you guys should back up and yeah, actually. Sorry. Okay. So it, this is the latest game in the long-running Anno series of economic strategy builder also games. Also known as a different name in North America for a while. Dawn no, of there Discovery was one was single the entry. One yeah. The first one was called Dawn of Discovery. No, not the first no, one. Like the a middle third one? one or something? Yeah. Oh, just dumb. One of the ones was released as Dawn of Discovery in North America. America. I thought it was 1404. Oh, was it 1701? Yeah, 1404 okay. and then 1701 was Dawn okay. of Discovery. Okay. Nope, I just looked it up from the future. Dawn Discovery was totally NO 1404, not 1701. In your face, Nick, from the future. Um, but now, which was a great game. I mean, Dawn yeah. of, the one that was also named Dawn of Discovery was actually the one that I probably played the most of. I played so much of that game. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, this was this is a game that is published a series that is published by Ubisoft, and I think is now developed by Blue Byte. I think it might have been inherited. Yeah, by them from an from an earlier developer, but but it's been in development for a long time now, and this is a series of games that we've talked about on Idle Thumbs before. Uh, we talked about the the previous kind of futuristic one in the series, which was what twenty seventy twenty yeah yes that's it yeah. anno twenty seventy which I wasn't as crazy about. So the 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 core um, kind of concept of this game is that you you're basically establishing an outpost 
on usually like an archipelago or a large island. I mean, it's kind of a cross between Civilization and SimCity in a yeah. way. In a way. Yeah. Because you choose your starting location in the same way that you play Civ. Yeah. And there are some similarities to Civ in terms of like trading and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But with SimCity, you can see that you're, you're, you're still building a city. You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, mostly what you're doing. So, yeah, it's a it's a hybrid kind of mm-hmm. But this game, more than either of those games, is really, really focused on the kind of microeconomic simulation. Supply chains. mm -hmm, Supply chains, exactly. And this one is set not only on Earth, but also on the moon. Uh, It's actually set in three places at once, and you switch between them. It's set on Earth, on on an island outpost, which is pretty traditional for the series, but then also in the Arctic... Um, so you're building on in ice and snow basically. And then also the moon. So you run all three of those at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about, um, this game as compared to Dawn of Discovery. Well, so in past Anno games, um, and in particularly in Dawn of Discovery. So you start out with your, your sort of like, uh, initial seed colony, and then at a certain point, in order to satisfy the settlers there, you have to expand and create a second colony. In Dawn of Discovery's case, it was always a Middle Eastern um, or like, you know, Arabia, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You would go to the south and, and sort of like get some dates and then that would make them happy, <laughs> you know. And then and then I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I think it was a two-chain system in that game. I don't know if there was a third like biome type in Dawn of Discovery. Oh, I think man. it was just two. I, I think it was the I think it was the sort of like warmer islands and then the mm-hmm. sort of temperate islands. And then this game um sort of adds the third layer, which is the moon. So like the Arctic is analogous entirely to the way that, you know, those first two phases work in the other games. Um and the moon is sort of like the third right supply chain that you the have third to phase yeah the moon um which they do a really good job of introducing all those phases too. all the like graphics and just the way that they set up the campaign like i thought i was gonna be really annoyed that there was no sandbox but all that stuff is really good yeah and also really good. A, a really interesting thing they did that i like is that combat has been basically moved to sort of a mini game it yeah. no longer really interacts with your main outpost. It's a thing that true. combat missions become available and you can sort of just jump into them and do them if you want, but you also don't have to. I like oh, and dislike that. Like, I like that it's not something you have to do. I mm-hmm. dislike the fact that every five minutes some burly man comes up and says, Hey, <laughs> don't forget there's a mission. Right. Come shoot some guy. Like, by yeah. the way, the first, like in the first 10 minutes of this game, which, you know, I was, like, super psyched to play this game. I really just wanted to play the sandbox and just kind of yeah. build my, like, moon city. The first ten minutes, they make you do a mission as part of the tutorial. And you're just, like, shooting, like, weird, like, future boats with a nuclear missile. Right. Like, an actual <laughs> nuclear yeah. missile is the first thing you do in this Anno. Well, video games like, have a thing a weird... where you just kind of use nuclear missiles. Like, I mean, <laughs> I StarCraft does that, too. You're just like, oh, yeah. just queue up your nuke. It's really bizarre. That whole that whole like the combat itself is really strange. Like yeah. if you actually choose, to I mean, it's just like it, a goofy bizarre. arcade game. You just yeah, it's like it's like Diablo. You just right click around the yeah. map, attacking things. Yeah, yeah. I don't really mind. I, 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 I kind of hate having to fight anything in games like this where I really just care about 
yeah. the builder part and the economy yeah, part. It's kind of an annoyance. Yeah, it's always just a like, thing that you have to just kind of take care of. The, well, and it just messes up your game for a while. And then I. A lot of this game is about managing your space, you know, trying to pack in um, as much, uh, as many buildings um, into as little land as possible. They, they've tied that to. Um, to this, to a single resource type across each biome. Each biome has its own, like I think in Ar- the Arctic, it's like petroleum. Um, you only get petroleum though by either like reaching a milestone um, through uh, just you know making your you know making your colony better or through combat. And so like if you're mm. stuck in a position where you just don't have enough resources to like take a tick up and like reach the next level of your whatever civilization. I forget what they call it. Um, you're basically kind of stuck doing combat. Um, there aren't really many other ways to get it. Like you can buy it on the like open market or whatever, but um, there's only so much available at any given time. It's a weird thing because I feel like that mechanic didn't exist in, in Dawn of Discovery where like actual building stuff was tied to a rare resource. It's really strange. Um, but other than that, the game's really good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like the I like how different each of the uh, each of the sort of colonies feels in a way that is totally different. The kind of water world, global warming future where you're building on islands in the middle of the ocean, but then there's, there's the ice world. Yeah, <laughs> there's the Arctic, which is like, oh, it's been preserved by this sort of like hyper conservationist group that has kept the ice caps from from shrinking or whatever i don't know but how does that work i don't know it doesn't God, there's a whole subplot about like lunar mercenaries that have escaped to earth and are trying to stop people from going back to the moon or something like that's like that's that's the first that's the first battle you fight yeah right yeah it's like like weird no more will us moon people (laughs) suffer under the yoke of your you know oppression or whatever i don't know really strange um yeah that there's like moon rebel terrorists yeah. who attack you from the moon i guess yeah, with yeah, boats on the earth it's probably how not, it's probably how they, it's probably yeah. I think the launching kinda... of those boats was majestic as fuck by the way <laughs> launching them from the moon <laughs> yeah hopefully they just shot the actual boats off of the moon <laughs> yeah with guys on with guys in with them. a nuke <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they come kind of obsessed with that like 2070 was all about terrorism and the world ending and and like yeah yeah specifically like terrorism like people that believed in oil versus people that were vegans like that was well, the two <laughs> races right? yeah was just there like is always beasts. a latent yeah, yeah. like versus that's, that's vegans. a really common i feel like that's a super common theme in uh ga- in games that are set in the future that aren't just like you're a guy running around shooting things um like alpha centauri kind of had a bit of that as well in terms of the, the like flavor of the different corporate factions, you know, or like no blood for aliens. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> was that Mass Effect? That was Mass Effect. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. I think that was uh, Mass Effect one. I believe two? so. It was yeah, probably uh, one. Yeah, no blood for aliens. Classic sign on the Citadel. Uh, but anyway, the thing I was saying about the uh, the different colony locations in uh, Anno. What the hell is it? 2205. 2205. I always forget the years. Uh, is that they feel Don't totally different. Like, it's a it's a really fun part of the Arctic zone that, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, because it's really cold there. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> because it's really cold there, um, sort of production buildings, like industrial buildings, emit heat just because yeah. they have heavy machinery going on. 
And you then <clears throat> and people's actual homes, sort of just the shelters that you build for people to live in, have to be within heat radius of these like industrial buildings, which is really cool because it just encourages a completely different kind of uh, design and building. Yeah. You end up with these like clusters of like you know big factories surrounded by well, you know what by it clusters is. of homes. It's just a really cool. It's a cool way to for the mechanics to reflect the the fiction. What I realized uh, after getting to the moon is that really all that stuff is just an extension of the existing mechanic that they have for the temperate and for by extension, you know, the earlier animal games where everybody needs a church. And so you're going to build a church in the middle of town. Right. You always but need a market. But it's different in that. Any, the, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's totally different in the actual character of like a church is not a production building. Like in the previous Anno games, uh, I mean, I guess it does. I guess it makes Bibles or whatever They're, it made. Right. But, but you like, always needed the, um, but the, the transport. Raw, Right. right. The, the, the transportation, right. like, carting up. Um, but they're just kind of like a different character that's implied by having your residents clustered around industrial buildings than there is people clustered around, like, libraries and centers of yeah. learning. And, no, like, it's like Alaska. And media and stuff you like know, that. I mean, yeah. everybody's, yeah. you know, huddled around the northern oil field or whatever. That's, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's just how those towns spring up. I mean, yeah. I guess that's true for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I also just, one of the things that is really can't be overlooked with these games is that they're just really pretty oh, man. they the just moon look really is, nice the moon looks amazing yeah and the, the three different zones look totally different yeah. yeah no they're it's 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 really beautiful um there's there's nothing that was really analogous to sort of the grandeur right. of uh building a uh the cathedral you know like the end mm. like everything in this game yeah. is upgrading um like your space elevator upgrading your whatever. And it's just mm -hmm. all kind of like, yeah, eh, you know, it, it doesn't, that, that's a, that's the, a the sort of like craftiness of all of those like end game buildings yeah. is sort of lost. I don't know. That's a problem. I think generally with all fictional architecture and urban concepts in all video games, whether or not you're building them, yeah. like there's just nothing. I don't really think that like, no offense to, you know, video game makers, of whom I'm one, so it's not like I'm, you know, saying I'm any better. Lazy but devs. just, but just, <laughs> lazy devs, greedy devs. The 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 sort of most grand and interesting buildings in human history are solving an actual need in an interesting or majestic way. Usually, even if it's just sort of we want to be able to brag, so we have a statue. But it's usually <laughs> like we have an amazing library because we value knowledge, or we have a huge amphitheater, or you know. Mm -hmm. Right, or we built a big cathedral. Or a big cathedral sort of because of it's the, the religious and cultural God, yeah. center of our society. Whereas, like, to survive on this fictional alien planet, people have deduced that they need this green gem, and then they created a religion around it. So right. we put a huge green gem <laughs> cathedral. Like, no, yeah. you know. Yeah. So... I mean, maybe if someone did a near future game, they could come up with like things that would maybe get you to this just because you'd be like, oh man, that's like a thing that I actually want or that like our modern society needs this thing mm -hmm. and they've made a good designed version of it. Maybe they could imbue it with some of those things, but because it's like the exact flip side of the historical ones. But I think you're right that actually, when, you, when you get into total fake zone, it gets really tough. I just realized I haven't built the final, final building in the game yet, which is the corporate headquarters, which you can only, <laughs> which you can only build. <laughs> Maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the one where you're watching little tiny, you know, future people like build, a build some grand soulless edifice. corporate yeah. garbage building. Can that building. be built in any of the zones? or Just, just the temperate. It's, okay, so the, okay. way, the way that the sort of end game plays out is you end up 
um, sort of spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right about the space We're pirates spoil or whatever. It. Um, spoil. Um, but once you have the moon, it's just like infinite energy, and then mm. you beat the game. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really interesting though because you end up, you know, your Arctic zone just kind of remains g- garbage. Yeah. Which is just kind of feeding all of this weird like industry that's going on just to get energy shot back to Earth to create a better Earth. I don't know. It's cool. Does all that future shit get in the way of really enjoying it? Because 2070 really suffered from that, where you just didn't give a shit about any of the buildings because they were all like yeah, super I think, future. I guess I do find it more interesting. I don't know if I can qualify precisely why. I, I mean, one, there's there's still more variety in this game because you actually – are physically going to different places. The Arctic uh, environment is just also beautiful. Like it's just, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. something that is beautiful about the sort of just pristine whiteness. And then, you, you I mean, know, it's a very because, space-like environment anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite. Yeah. It's like space-like in the opposite way, right? They're both yeah. sort of desolate and barren, but one of them is very dark and the other one is, is sort of the opposite. And like, they're both really beautiful. Um, and I, there, I might also just, I don't know if I could defend this robustly, but I I do think that it this game is just more f- visually beautiful than 2070 was. Like I just found that game to be less beautiful in almost all ways than the previous Anno games. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, instead of just feeling like those games, but less, it just feels like aesthetically they, it's just different enough <clears throat> in in total that it now justifies its existence on a separate axis. I still would prefer their next one to like, now that they've done two future ones, I would really like them to go back to just like fucking grand to ass. To go back to the past, like, yeah. and 2007, 2007, to nine. So 2007. That's, that's true. 2007 would be amazing. If they actually, if they actually, how would that even be? I don't know. We've talked about Anno 2007 that's the before. Thing. They all have to add up to nine. Yeah. yeah all the, the years are always and, nine. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. If, I mean, they've <laughs> I never, just, I never. I don't think they've that. ever stated this like as a rule. It always. But if happens, you look though. at every single game title, they've all added up to nine. Have they actually run out? No, no. But they've run out of ones that that are in the sort of European eighteen hundred. That's true. They could do anno eighteen hundred. I think we've talked. We've we've gone through some of yeah. these years before. We've talked about the the glory that could Industrial. be anno two thousand seven. Yeah, eighteen hundred would be good. They I, could do anno uh, nine thousand BC. <laughs> <laughs> they, that would be good as a nine thousand. Anno nine thousand. Yeah, anno nine thousand BC uh, would be fine. Yeah. Um, they could do an incredibly current one. They could do anno twenty sixteen next year. Oh man, wow. anno twenty sixteen would be crazy. Anno twenty sixteen could directly lead to anno twenty twenty five, where like a shitty Elon Musk has made an island, like he bought an oil rig and made a sea land. Well, you don't even Tech, need that be, because, because Larry Ellison of Oracle bought Lanai, the Hawaiian island. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so he, you, he owns 98% of that island, <laughs> and the state of Hawaii owns it's, 2% it's of it. It's the strange techno-libertarian <laughs> island, of, island of Lanai that's been taken over and seceded versus like a strange permanent Burning Man settlement out in the desert that is revealed to just also be owned by Larry Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you could just jump between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you jump between you jump. The, the flamethrower <laughs> desert colony right. and the tech one, and then all they're just, connected. They're oh connected God. with a hyperloop. With a hyperloop, and then yeah, yeah, there's just the third one is sort of a struggling South Bay suburb that is not. <laughs> I know yeah, that we're joking about the, this, the but south, it sounds really good. Which is where which is where Oracle's headquarters are actually located. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but other than that, it's just blight and humbles people yeah. who get swept out from under bridges and shipped to different states. Oh, right. Yeah. You shoot nukes at them. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, that could be, Anno, that's probably not Anno 2016, but that could be Anno 2025. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, they have a lot of like current era years that they could do. Yeah. Do it. Now that we got that one one nine one eight out of the way, one what the the big now that we just start oh, with yeah. a two, you can you oh have right so many yeah. more years it's in true. the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'd still the nineteen hundreds are dead to the Anno series. God, yeah. That's a bummer though, because that would be yeah, yeah New York in the early twentieth century. That would be my New oh, York my city, the island of Manhattan. Oh, in like because this is the actual series you'd want it to be. You wouldn't actually want it to be like, like space exploration in the sixties and stuff would be. Oh yeah, Anno eighteen hundred. Just call it Anno minus two. Anno thirty six with an apostrophe. Right. Yeah. What just. The That's 
This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by MeUndies. Uh, Nick, you have a MeUndies anecdote I heard you say 10 seconds ago. <laughs> it's true. Um, my girlfriend's brother is having a birthday, and um, he, he has uh, two sisters. They asked him, what do you want for your birthday? And he said, MeUndies. And they said, no, really, what do you want for your birthday? He was like, no, they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. I would like MeUndies for my birthday. Oh, and man. so they're just they're gifting him some MeUndies, MeUndies for his birthday. I hope they're using the code THUMBS. Me too. The reason I'm, probably ho- not. The reason I'm hoping that <laughs> is because if they go to MeUndies.com slash THUMBS, they will get 20% off mm. their first order and free shipping. That's quite a birthday present. I know. Well, you'll he'll never know a present for is, your day. They'll save <laughs> even more if they buy them in a pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you want to do. Um, also, they will guarantee that he is happy with them or his first pair is free. Oh, Although fantastic. he already knows he's happy with them. That is a good deal for the gift giver if they use that promo code because your girlfriend's brother... Dane... Will think that he's getting some full price meundies, like, but what he doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, or they could just get him 20% more underpants. It's true. For the same amount of money. That's true. true. For the larger man. He did. He demanded it. I don't think I. That's not how it works. For the the sweatier man, maybe. (laughs) If you go to meundies.com slash thumbs, you too can get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Send some to Chris on his birthday. I mean, that'd be great. It was already my birthday like a month ago, so that sucks now. But In 11 months. Stock up so. for Chris's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> MeUndies.com slash thumbs. Video games. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> do you, Nick, do you remember years ago that game Sabotage about the, like, woman spy Yes. In World War II. You run around on rooftops. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I think that I'm thinking of the right press release, but I might not be. I just weirdly, like, this popped into my head. The developer of that game released a press release, I think, when the game was announced. Or maybe it was in an interview. I don't know. I like to think it was in a press release because it's more outrageous. And he was like, our character, you will see, unlike many female characters in video game, is not some tits monster. Wow. Oh, my God. I remember this. Yeah. I remember this because I feel like when that happened, that you did. Were you working at Shack at the time? Or I you think so. Chemistry? I can't even remember. I, I remember some kind of a headline or something where that was just turned into a, a, yeah, hit, a tits monster. monster. Tits monster. <laughs> God. Are you just googling tits monster I am. now? It's probably a bad idea, but I'm putting in quotes, <laughs> which I think makes it less likely I'm that. Sure, never I'm mind. Sure that was a game where you it could makes also... it no less likely the terrible thing. No, 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 I don't know what I'm. Oh, doing. you mean a tits monster? <laughs> tits monster. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's for tits, tits what is it? Monster. Sabotage? Is that the game? Yeah. Tits monster sabotage. That auto completed, by the way. All right. Uh, well. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> Oh, man. Here's the Shaq News article. Oh, good. Sabotage renamed Velvet Assassin. Studio assures female lead, not tits monster or, quote, ass monster. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we've come so far. Yeah. No, it was... uh... (laughs) Oh, this was... It was an official uh, gameplay video. Oh, it was one of those dev journals. Yeah. A plan file. (laughs) john carmack confirmed that there will be a tits and an ass monster in the the new doom canceled in software 
Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Ass monster just sounds like a like a 90s insult. You know how the 90s always had well, insults? Yeah, it sounds like, like ass like munch. Like turd burger ass and munch. ass munch. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. <laughs> The nineties was were full of these like you weird wanna eat, sort of you want to eat somebody's ass. Profane. Yeah, or like the uh, like <laughs> the the, the dinner scene in E. T. where the little kid screams oh, yeah. penis breath at his brother. <laughs> right. Yeah. And exactly. then the mom like cracks yeah. up. That could have just been ass monster. Exactly. Yeah. I mean it could yep. have also been tits monster, really. <laughs> tits monster is so much more <laughs> lascivious. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all like, bad. Ass has been genericized as a word. That's true. That's true. Anyway, yes. ass has been genericized. The new ass monster. <laughs> Man, that game, that Pits Monster and Ass Monster predates God. the creation of this podcast. By yeah. Like, that was that era. By like six like, months. Okay. I've never I remember, heard of it before. <laughs> I know I'm, you can go into a strip club in that game, so good job, yeah, good classic, dude. Good, good uh, situation. Oh, so yeah. that's where you find the ass monster. Yeah. yeah. That's Our main character is neither of those things. However, don't worry, gamers. They're in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike our previous trite, uninspired yeah. games. Ass Monster. Ass Monster and Tits Monster. <laughs> our, new game, our new game, we assure you, well, she is not a Tits Monster. That's why he said it. He had to let everyone know. know. Like, yeah. We're shedding our shitty title, our <laughs> shitty old games. I know that mainly we're known for bad game names and also the games Tits Monster and Ass Monster. Which are also bad game names. <laughs> yeah, but accurate. Kickstarter to launch spiritual successor <laughs> to Tits Monster and Ass Monster. Oh, no. Dick Monster? Yeah, what I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I it's think it's 2015. Is gaming ready for Dick Monster from the makers of Tits Monster and Ass Monster? <laughs> Probably. Video games. Have you seen that that sticker that I the, about the cloud? It's I really no. like it and I want to buy one. It's just a sad picture of a cloud, and it says there is no cloud. It's just someone else's computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally true thing about the internet. That I feel like people who don't work with computers in a certain way. I mean, you know, like almost everyone works with computers now in some form. But like, if you don't have a certain Understanding of how the internet works, you don't understand that the entire internet is just your computer getting information from other actual computers that are like right. turned on. There's just another right now and box have hard drives of garbage on them. that looks just like your box of garbage, but its yeah. job is to send you garbage. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of people people have not in, had to have been log into a server yeah. and understand that. I, I think yeah. people have been intentionally misled by marketers to believe oh, yeah, for sure. that there is something that is called the internet. That is like data that is somehow like floating around somehow. No, it's all just God. sitting on shitty computers. You know what? You know what would rip that? Right? Did you see the um, the article recently where uh, uh, like American um, uh, like the naval commander or whatever who said like, "Hey, we've noticed that the Russian subs are just troweling near all the like connection points for the internet cables." And they have like they've developed a new <laughs> mini sub that can just go down and cut the cables. <laughs> like hopefully, that, hopefully with and like then there was a, a large novelty yeah. scissors. No, that's that that God, I cannot get the, the image out of my mind of the giant scissors. And like <laughs> I really can't. And like I'm just oh man, just and then seeing you know people like reading the New York Times and having to look at the map that just show like actual tubes going to america from around the world and there aren't that many of them like i think that that melts people's minds i think that if that yeah. was if that you became know, a thing where a just that cable tubes. was just cut and then suddenly Computers like connected by tubes yeah you're just done 
There's nothing you can do. <laughs> anyway, it's part of that's Anno 2205's uh, um, DLC is <laughs> the internet tubes. And then you can sub- yeah, scissor just, submarines. You, yeah, you string. Yeah. yeah. Internet trade. Man, routes. is that a thing that's ever been? I don't know how you would represent it in a game, but like, has any strategy or war game ever tried to model like cyber warfare? That's a good question. I don't know. Probably so not. Stupid sounding. Probably of not. No one would. <laughs> but it's like you know, if 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 some if if some world power well, were to like actually destroy a yeah, country's no one, no one models that even though it's really like you you at this point there would be like in old SimCity games where you switch to the water view or whatever, just like other utilities being able to have your global map mm. and then go boop and just see here's data hubs, here is actual like yeah. major. Yeah. Major well, pipelines of the internet, and these like the, the, it'd be so easy to map to existing like war game concepts too, because it would, you would just use the like fog of war. You would just cut off communication with oh like God. half of your units on the other side of the map <laughs> when your satellite crazy. gets exploded by yeah. an anti-satellite I mean, missile. That, that, like you yeah. just yeah. But the, like the thing about that. that is, it, satellites do some of that stuff, but a ton of it is terrestrial data. Yeah. Like, a lot of it works the same way as the transatlantic cable or something. Like yeah. it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when that happens, when, like, a server that Verizon owns or some huge backbone provider melts down and just, like, that happened this year. There was some huge server that went down for, like, a day. Huge sites were just gone. And you could do trace routes to other servers and it would take a huge amount of time because the data would physically have to reroute around continents because such major data lines went down. It's so strange to think about because it never happens. Yeah. Yeah, why isn't that in a video game? Anno 2025, my friend. <laughs> I'd like to see it in a Crusader Kings style game. Well, where you yeah, I mean, I'm cyber thinking about like to really fuck yeah, with other governments. That's, that's why stuff. I'm bummed that the oh, Hearts of Iron exp- or, um, spinoff didn't didn't go because that's like if they if they had done like increasingly modern versions of that mm-hmm. game, it would have just been a modern yeah. Crusader Kings after a while. Yeah. <sighs> no more kings. Yeah, Crusader Kings. <laughs> except it, it, except it, 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 instead of. Um, dynasty lineages you would just behave of corporations yeah, yeah pretty much that just yeah. also persist for many generations and you're just trying to put kitty porn in their email account so that they get fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's what you when you hire someone right. to do a plot yeah what was like, that yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah it's the total war ninja what of, was the uh, military industrial board game that we played of oh imperial, imperial. 2030 yeah. imperial 2030 like some of the sort of military industrial modeling of that game plus that tech stuff would actually be a decent fit, yeah, I think. Yeah, that would be cool, yeah. In a video yeah. game. Buying and selling influence in nations. Right. Then also being able to have light control of the military, but also having some right. sort of espionage element on top yeah, of that. Yeah. Mm. Now what gold do we have to discuss? Are we back? Sure. Uh, are we? <laughs> We're back. You had a secret game, Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. Oh, so, a secret game. A game that ha- I kept around that i did not delete even though it's been non-functional for me for over a month is oh, shit. fallout shelter i'm still playing fallout shelter oh, this game they they fixed whatever had been causing it to crash after 10 seconds upon loading it on my iphone and now i can play it indefinitely which is terrible for me <laughs> um it's weird going back to Fallout Shelter, which is, you know, a game that I talked about for several weeks running on this podcast, I don't know, two months ago, maybe, mm. and uh, maybe more than that at this point. It, it might have been more than a month since I've, since I've actually last played it. It might have been two or three months. I can't recall. But in any case, this was this is a uh, 
kind of uh, obviously Fallout spinoff from Bethesda that uh, has you manage a Fallout shelter and drag little people around and assign them uh, jobs and train them up and send them out into the wasteland to collect stuff. So anyway, it was really weird. I expected to load it up and have it be just a disaster because every previous time I've gone a while without playing Fallout Shelter and opened it back up again. My base is always just a complete nightmare zone that's been infested and everyone's dead or dying. And like, just, just, it's always been a catastrophe. This time I opened it up. Everyone was like, great. They were super happy. I had 999,999 bottle caps, which is the currency, which is the (laughs) max that the number will count up to. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> everything so was just like fucking hunky dory. But then you started to explode, and a guy wearing a Joker mask appeared. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I was referencing Nick's experience in Grand Theft Auto Five when he suddenly <laughs> was given all of the money and all of the right. guns. Yeah, no, I wish my base is great, and everything about it's great. Nick Brecken is now um, all stats maxed. Every single stat maxed. Uh, only oh, always Max was, Brecken. Yeah, <laughs> only level three out of fifty. Um, carries a Tommy gun and wears a formal suit. Nice. And like now, now works in a hospital. Oh. Um, so yeah. that, that's the thing that's happening. The weirdest part is Congrats, that... Nick. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. The weirdest thing is that, all, is that all of the people who I had sent out into the wasteland were still out the wasteland, out in the wasteland. And so now I, I've recalled them all and they're coming back. But they've been out there so long that the, like, the amount of time it takes someone to come back from the wasteland is directly... Um, proportionate to the amount of time they've already spent out there. So I have like four different people coming back to the wasteland who will now take like a full month of real world time before they get back to my base. Like they're, they're just out there. Wow. Yeah. It's really weird. So like, imagine what they're going to find. Well, they've all found amazing shit. Like you can see what they've found as they find it. And so they, and they've all found like just dozens and dozens of blue items, which are the rare. They find so much stuff after a while. Yeah. It's, but it's insane. It's so strange. I don't know if I've ever had an experience with a game before. And this presumably wasn't intentional on the part of the game designers because I don't think they intended for people to not play the game for several months and then come back to it. Uh, But I don't know if I've ever played a game that actually just demanded and has no way to circumvent. This this system whereby there are characters who are just doing something for a full month of real world time and I can't like speed it up or do anything about it or like use them for anything in the meantime. Maybe pay any space bucks. No, I mean they're just walking back and it's gonna take them that long. It's weird. It's really interesting. You know where they went to? Boston. And you can see them if you buy Fallout (laughs) Four. Four fifty nine ninety five. Yeah. They've been uploaded to the cloud. Yeah. Have they announced any connection between the two You know, the, the UI, I did notice that um, in one of the recent videos, uh, which I actually think was like a leak for, what, Fallout, uh, 4? for Fallout 4, um, the UI is actually very similar in terms of graphics. They, It's kind oh. of interesting. Like all the perks and everything, it's all the little, the little Vault Boys kind of doing similar animations and running around and stuff. That's fine. I like the UI in that game. Yeah, it's cool. Fallout Shelter, yeah. yeah. Um, you don't no, think I don't, you'll I don't be able think, to explore your Fallout Shelter in 3D? That seems like they should have that, but I don't. I don't think they've. Man, that would be it. weird. That would be crazy if you could if you could find find your vault. The, yeah. yeah, 
I guess there would have to be just be a default one if you don't have that linked. Yeah. But if you do, you can just go into it would be weird because it would be totally unlike how vaults are represented in Fallout 3, <laughs> which yeah. are like basically one story. They're basically one story deep, right? They're not. Right. Whereas this is just like this weird, thin, like 20 story deep ant farm, essentially. They wouldn't let you into yours, Chris. You'd have to get in line. <laughs> well, <laughs> line up if I were playing, if I were playing a woman character, I could get in. Oh yeah, according to my base. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've been slowly killing all the men in my base. I mean, I still I picked that right up when I got back into the game. Um, I'm I'm down to probably like five to ten percent men in my base. What's the? Uh, what's the, I missed this update of why you were killing all the men. <laughs> oh, I just thought it would be interesting to make a a base that was women only. <laughs> I just started killing the guys. How did you? How did you start killing them? Um, I was originally killing them by. This sounds like a Charlie Rose interview yeah. with Chris, like ten years after the fact. Like, why well, did you make this decision? I just thought it'd be thought it'd be interesting, Charlie. I don't know. I don't really know what to tell you. That's just oh, Google. <laughs> um, I, I I started by putting them in rooms and then forcing them to rush production on those rooms until they caught on fire and then letting them burn to death and then bringing in other people to put the fire out and then disposing of their corpses. Um, but eventually I moved on to my current method of sending them out into the wasteland without any weapons or armor, um, because it requires less upkeep. And um, you don't have to look at them. Right. I just the send them off and they're just gone. They're and then when they die, I, you can just sort of say, forget them. And then they're just gone. So that's what I do now. Do they ever come back with cool stuff? No, cause I don't ever bring them back. They die out there. They always die. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's, that's an update on that. I don't know if, how much. Uh, sort of substance there is remaining at this point now that I seem to have maxed out many of the things that can be maxed out in Fallout Shelter but uh, I was surprised and pleased to find out that it worked again. That's good. I love your Fallout Shelter updates. Yeah. Oh man, another update to something we talked about last week, Nick. We talked about uh, um, what, Rebel Galaxy? And yeah. it, you said it was it was by Eric Schaefer and... Uh, um, Am I wrong? No, no, no. I'm just oh, confirming, okay. yes. right? And um, Travis Baldry. <laughs> do you know, do you I know, know what I say on this twist. podcast? <laughs> the, reason, the reason I'm asking, do you know if, if Max Schaefer also worked on it? No, I think he's still at Runic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Because I got my haircut yesterday, uh, as people Schaefer. in this room can tell. Um, and the guy, the barber asked, you know, oh, what do you do? Max Schaefer. <laughs> <Say that again. laughs> the barber was like, oh, what, you know, what do you do? And I said, I work for a video game developer. He said, oh, video games. Like ever play Diablo? And I'm like, yeah, Diablo. And he's like, I cut the guy's hair who made that game. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, one of the brothers. And I was like, Max <laughs> Eric Schaefer, which one? And he's like, I'm not sure. Um, but he lives right around here. And I, it was crazy. It was uh, crazy. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that one or both of them were back in the Bay Area now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Max is still in uh, at Runic, although okay, he says so, he's San Francisco Bay Area. So maybe. Oh. I feel like maybe he did a commute thing or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So anyway. Anyway, you shared a barber. Yeah. Did he cool. say I want my hair like him? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do for that, whatever yeah. you do. <laughs> and that's one how you the, got the one haircut. Of them, you I think today. is basically bald. Yeah. As I recall, oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. And the other keeps his hair shorter than I do, I believe. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad that you know the hairstyles of the Schaefer brothers. <laughs> well, I mean, we just met them one time, and that's by recollection. But I, you know, who knows? But they were on that podcast. They were on our podcast that once. Um. So there's there's an update. 
Just giving you guys the the up Barber Schaefer Brothers update, as demanded every week by our listeners. <laughs> what haircuts do the creators of Diablo have now? <laughs> Relatively haircut unchanged. of the wolf, yeah, of the whale or something. I don't know. They, oh, they right. have haircuts yeah. of plated whatever. plated haircut of the whale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plated side parting of the whale. <laughs> Man, of the whale. I forgot about that. I know. That is that was, still that in the real Is that in Diablo 3? It was Diablo 1. Of the whale? Oh, I know it was just Diablo, it was Diablo I know, but I don't think so. No. Yeah. What did of the whale do? Do you remember? I mean, it, it was just the best. I can't remember. I think it was just the best yeah. the item type. Yeah. Yeah. It was Life just the best regen. Of the, and, yeah. God yeah. Well, anyway, you guys want to do some rear mail? Yeah. Okay. So uh, here is an update. It's something Jake mentioned in- oh what i mentioned was this is reader mail if you have a question for us you should sure. write us at questions at idlethumbs.net and we might read it on the podcast or we might read it yeah. ourselves true yeah sometimes I, I i've mentioned this before but i sometimes i just reply directly to emails that i think we probably won't get around to reading for just whatever reason um i was doing some of that today so i do tend to read pretty much all the email we get i i'm sure there are some emails that fall through the cracks, but in general, I read pretty much everything. Um, so, you know, I apologize if yours doesn't make it on the air. Uh, Christopher uh, Eli writes, Hey, Thumbs. In episode 233, Jake asked if anyone had access to a Sony 4 or 8K cinema projector upon which you could play Downwell. Well, there's no such thing as a Sony 8K cinema projector, uh, and I can neither flip it sideways nor play it on a silo as requested, but I think I can get pretty close. I listen to the cast, cast each week at work, sitting next to a Sony Digital Cinema 4K projector, and that projector has an HDMI in port, if you catch my drift. I'm a projectionist at a movie theater, and when the day is over, or if no one buys tickets for the showing of a movie, I'll go on break, commandeer the theater, and watch Netflix or play games in the slot of the canceled screening. It's a good gig. A couple days ago, I tried Downwell out on the big screen. Though it's only about 20 feet tall, definitely not grain silo sized, it's good enough for me. I'd love to have you guys over to the theater to play some Downwell. Unfortunately, I'm on the other side of the country in Yonkers, New York. That's where I lived when I was a little kid. Um, so that might be difficult. Um, but hey, if New Yorker Daniel, if new New Yorker Danielle wants to come and give it a try, she's welcome to. I enclosed a video slash photo of Downwell in the theater. Thanks for all the casted pods. Listening to the new Idle Thumbs is one of my favorite things to look forward to every week. Chris. That guy is my hero. Yeah. That's yep. amazing. That's really good. Um, I'm, I am glad that that is a job that it is possible to have. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think about the fact that movie theaters just have an HDMI in on them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when he when he said that, I I for some reason I had this like moment of dissonance in my brain, and I was like, "Is that some kind of weird hack?" No, I guess why? I guess just why wouldn't it? Yeah, so yeah it's, it's a projector. A projector. Yeah. yeah, just doesn't it's, seem it's like so you movie can run out of theater and do your PowerPoint. Here's a here's a. Uh, <laughs> Here's a photo of uh, I'm showing to you guys of Downwell being projected onto a theater screen. It looks large. It is. Wow. Yeah, it does look extremely large. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> it's too bad you can't force it into vertical mode. I mean, I guess you could if you're just Where plugging would it a project laptop. onto. It would still only be as tall. Yeah, as... just make it terrible. So <laughs> run it vertically across the IMAX. theater screen. Oh my god! Can oh you imagine god. going to an IMAX theater? Upon which was projected vertical downwell. Just sideways downwell? Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Gross. Anyway. uh, Thanks, Chris. That is a good email. I approve of it. 
Oh, oh, this is really cool. So Spencer Winson writes, Hi Thumbs, I'd like to borrow some of your time to mention that the community is again running a game jam. The Winter Wizard Jam will take place from Saturday, November 28th to Sunday, December 13th. The game will have a general theme of winter and winter holidays while also incorporating a list of special, quote, diversifier rules revealed the day the jam starts. As with the first Wizard Jam, the theme is optional. More importantly, we want to encourage the community to get as involved as possible and hopefully convince people to try their hand at making a game. There are resources and additional details available in the Wizard Jam subforum, as well as a thread of people looking to form a team for the jam. Now is a great time for readers to sign up for the forums and get involved with the community. We have a huge number of game-making experts and enthusiasts eager to help. As a final note, Wizard Jam Prime, with its episode title theme, will return in the new year. I'm very confident that the diversifiers we're cooking up will encourage creativity very similar to what we've seen in the first Wizard Jam. Thanks for taking the time to read this announcement. Cheers, Spencer Winson, Spenny on the forums. That is exciting as hell. The first yep. Wizard Jam had great games, and a holiday-themed Wizard Jam is really good. I really hope that they allow dishonored holidays on, uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> That must have been already discussed. Maybe that's one of the diversifiers. Yeah. Dishonored holiday. <laughs> What does that even mean? That just means make it whatever. I don't know what it means. I'm sure some readers who are more clever than we are will the think of The dishonored winter solstice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could come up with a game where you, you know, the goal is to dishonor holidays in That's hilarious true. ways through some kind of or weird like subversion or combination of traditions. It's sort of like, like a, dimension, a dimension hopping game where you're playing the game on Christmas, but then suddenly it just goes and glitches out and you're in dishonored Christmas. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, no, but someone could figure it out. It, yeah. So the uh, the other I guess it's technically a time travel game because it would just be two weeks. <laughs> you would before. just go to two weeks in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Edel forums are are really great in general, um, and they also have a cool game development sub forum that um, has all kinds of discussion and tips about making games. And uh, if you go to idlethumbs.net and then hit the forum link at the top of the page. You can sign up for that forum, and it's just a really great community. And this is, you know, like uh, the email described, this is a good time to sign up if you're interested in participating in the jam or just hanging out and watching people make games in the jam. It was really fun during the first Wizard Jam to just hang out in those threads and watch people post just screenshots of their games as they came together. It yep. was really inspiring. There is great. a Wizard Jam subforum that has all the old dev threads, too. So if you want to check out the previous Wizard Jam to get a taste, mm-hmm. it's all there. Yeah. Wizard Jam. Yep. That is cool. Uh, Duke BG writes, hey, Thumbs, why did you stop recommending games on your creation list in Steam? Because we were bad people. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about it. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. Maybe we'll go back and refresh that. Uh, Aaron Flint writes, regarding the influences that are visible in Rebel Galaxy, consider the following. Uh, consider this. Consider this dismaying observation. It's now <laughs> the only thing I can think of when I read a sentence like that, which is from the fucking Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland where Jake and I were this weekend. Um, anyway. No windows and no doors. It's true. That is what it has. Um, Aaron Flint continues, the old Escape Velocity games for Mac were... Oh, t- shit! were top-down, space-mission-trading, ship-upgrading, RPG-style indie productions. Likewise, the DOS game, Solar Winds. These were presented in a top-down perspective, so maneuvering and indeed the universe only existed in a 2D plane. Combat in these was handled in the the traditional action-arcade asteroids Sinistar style. 
style. The commodity trading missions and plot structure greatly resemble Wing Commander Privateer. In that game, each station with a mission computer presents a small selection of missions with extra, more specialized missions available from the Merchants and Mercenaries Guild offices, which are represented as distinct space stations in Rebel Galaxy. Trading in Privateer was pretty primitive and barely dynamic, but different locations consumed and demanded different categories of items, which at least provided a basic outline for non-combat profit. Combat in Rebel Galaxy is, to me, a pretty close clone of the naval combat in Assassin's Creed IV. Broadsides map directly, turret control is somewhat similar to the chase guns on the Jackdaw, and the secondary weapons resemble the swivel guns in Assassin's Creed IV. Freelancer, and to a lesser extent Darkstar 1, is probably the most recent game in this kind of action mercenary space adventure trade mogul mashup genre, with voice acted NPCs and a grandiose plot. That game featured a dynamic, also featured a dynamic economy and hireable wingmen to fight alongside the player. With all of these important influential games in the background, the thing that really stands out in Rebel Galaxy's overall structure are its accessibility and pace. It demands very little of the player to get started. Combat is started or avoided basically at the player's whim, and tasks that can be annoyingly complex in other games are made simple and easy, like mining or managing subordinate fighters. As an aside, I never knew I was so well-versed in space games until I sat down to write this email. Thanks for all your hard work, Aaron. Good good pulls. Yeah. From mm-hmm. Aaron there. Yeah, escape velocity. Yeah. Good. I was really bad at those games. Really Man, just to yeah. keep this going, actually, David Ma writes, Hi, Thumbs. I wanted to drop a quick note because I felt like I was living in an alternate reality when Chris was talking about how strange and different Rebel Galaxy's 2D presentation of space was because to me it seemed entirely normal. I think it has to do with what games you've played in the past. Games like Nexus the Jupiter Incident, Star Trek Starfleet Command 1, 2, and 3, Star Trek Online, and Star Spectre all represent space as a plane where inexplicably only shuttles and fighters can enter the third dimension while the player and the rest of the reality is doomed to jostle and collide on the same thin slice of space. Bilinear space has also seen a recent resurgence in the tabletop world with games like Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures and Star Wars Armada. Oh, man. Not to be yeah, confused whoops. with the video game Star Trek <laughs> Armada, which also shares a love of Flatlandian geometry. <laughs> Not to be confused with the other game with the same name that has the same thing that I <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I love the show. Uh, Nick should be the next to go east, Dave. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. You've voted east. off. I know. Well, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. It Didn't means, we talk it about... It means fuck it's like the, is what that means. I thought we made a reference at some point to sending people over there to be on the... <clears throat> no? I think I so, yeah. Remember. Don't make it any better. Get out, it's Nick. Fine. Get I'm, out. I'm, I'm, out. I'm leaving. I'm already leaving. Go east. I'm gonna go, play some. <laughs> go east, young man. Yeah. Go east. Like in Diablo 2. <laughs> is that person always going to the east? I remember something about the east. Yeah, oh man, in Diablo 2, that's true. East. Always east, the, east, the always east. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love those cutscenes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Adam Hollister writes Hi, Thumbs. I was listening to episode 230 tonight, and Jake's supposed inability to fully finish a Mario Maker level reminded me of something I've been thinking about recently. I'm a web developer by trade, and often come across a problem with motivating myself to finish any personal projects. I seem to go full speed until I hit the point when I realized I could finish within a week or so. At that point, I lose a ton of motivation to the point where that last week might end up being more than two or three months during which I'll likely start another project and leave the original one behind. I'm starting to get the feeling that I don't really care about creating a finished product as much as I care about proving to myself that I can, so as soon as I realize I'm capable of finishing, I don't feel the need to. I'd be fascinated to hear if any of you guys have the same issue, and if so, what kind of unfinished products projects do you have in your past that have suffered due to this affliction, apart from the obvious cache of unfinished Mario Maker levels gathering dust in Jake's Wii? Keep up the great work, guys. Adam Hollister. Um, sadly, in the case of both me and Jake, uh, idle thumbs and all things related to idle thumbs are like the prime offenders in that category, mm-hmm. which is the worst because we're terrible. 
And Spath, if you go back far enough into That's Idle true. Thumbs' history. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah they, I remember a new front page of that. that oh, there was existed. a really good full redo of Idle Thumbs, the news site, circa 2007 or 8, that was going to blow people's minds. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's That's... For total, total free time projects that are actually just for fun, that is often my MO completely is just, yeah. oh, here's an interesting idea. Oh, yeah, I proved that out enough that I could see it happen. Why bother finishing it? You know, yeah. like Mario Maker for me is definitely that of just, oh, I want to do this, my version of this thing that I've seen in a Mario game or this idea that I've had. And then I play it a couple times and it works. And then I go, oh, cool. When I finish that, it'll be really cool for someone else to play. Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Save, file, quit. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's I think that's a not uncommon thing with people who just make things for themselves because if you're truly making something for yourself, it doesn't really matter if you agree with me. Uh, I, th- I think you're basically right, um, except that you could uh, you could make the argument that even if you're making something solely for yourself you don't actually know if you've achieved it it's hard to honestly appraise whether you've done the thing you set out to do if it's still if the completed version still only lives in your brain and if you it's never survived first contact with reality or another person like you could you can tell yourself like oh i totally proved this out but like you don't actually really know if you did until that's, oh, yeah, that's entirely true. And I think that that just comes down to whether or not you're admitting to yourself that you're actually just playing around or you're mm-hmm. or you're making something or solving a problem or trying to prove something right. to yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you're just if you're just if your goal is simply to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. by like fooling, fiddling around with something until you reach some like arbitrary kind of just. It's like noodling around on a guitar versus writing and performing a song versus recording a song or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's, it's all a spectrum for sure. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, all right. So let's see. Um, oh, one thing about that in relation to websites in particular oh, yeah. that I kind of miss now that people don't tend to have static web servers that they host all of their own stuff on anymore is I used to have um, on whatever my website was, like whatever my sort of personal homepage in, in just on an HTTP server just these amazing cataloged archives of years of sort of started projects or sort of scratch. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have, I I only have the last one left, but like I had one in high school and college. Then I had for a while, I had a subdomain on the out of thumbs website that I would just dump anything up that I Mm -hmm. wanted to show to someone else. And then now I have one like on melt wizard, my unused website, but being able to just have that crazy archive doesn't, I'm sure that exists, like maybe on Dropbox or something. But people tend to clear the Dropbox off because it's on your hard drive. It's like my, it's a, it's oh, I don't, my I don't, version I don't of clear, all of this. I don't is... clear my Dropbox off, but it's a repository for so much different stuff that it's not useful in the way you're talking about. Yeah. Where you anyway, can, uh, sorry, Nick. No, my version of this is is just Google Docs. I have Google Docs going back to uh, like 2006 yeah. that are just hundreds of Google Docs. And if I have an idea, I'll just make a new Google Doc. So yeah. it's just like yeah. it's basically. You know, functionally useless, the front page now, which is like, (laughs) you know, there there are finished works, there are half finished works, there's like just notes, it's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like reading through the notes on your iPhone that go back forever (laughs) and they're just all bullshit. Like every single note you've ever taken is like lists of movies you've seen and stupid things. Mine are mainly just observations about Twin Peaks episodes (laughs) for the Twin Peaks podcast Jake and I did. Yeah, that's true. But it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to look through like, decade plus old stuff 
that you started and never finished. It's a weird experience. Yeah, I have a USB stick that has like actual materials on it that I've just carried through the years. Yeah, it, actual it materials. Yeah, well, not just like docs, but just like it's stuff. DNA. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genomes. Silk. Yeah. Uh, so Jenna Hall writes, "Hey, thumbs." Or <laughs> what? Oh, I'm talking about actual Rugs. materials. Oh, <laughs> paper and glass. Uh, Jenna Hall writes, Hey Thumbs, I have a running theory that the true demographics for both the Minions movie as well as World of Tanks and the other strategy war games of that kind is dads. I came home to Illinois this week to visit my middle-aged father and the rest of my family, and while at home, he played a lot of World of Tanks. During this time, it appears he was able to add some sort of Minions sound pack to the game. <laughs> and so- <laughs> successfully landing a hit on an enemy tank results in a minion laughing. I have attached a screenshot of the hours played listed on my dad's Steam account as of October 22nd. He has a, he has played over 1,100 hours of War Thunder. My dad has been playing video games since before I was born, being very into the Fallout and Jagged Alliance games when I was younger, as well as any number of sports games. He got very into Flight Sims when I was in high school, the mid-2000s, and since then has been into Skyrim. I also found a stack of games while home, including Crisis 2. So, Nick, when you're hanging out playing World of Tanks or Warships or Warplanes, that person who just killed you may be a middle-aged man from Illinois who also has a second Facebook account so that he can gift himself extra candy crush wise. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Genegatron from the forums. Oh, yeah. With, no, it's that's totally the With case. Minion Sound Pack. Also, yeah. I don't think that we can laugh too hard at the Minion Sound Pack as people who will all probably universally... Uh, ha- or who who all probably universally have at least a double digit hours of Worms Armageddon or a game like that <laughs> under their belts, yeah. yeah. which basically just comes with a fucking minion sound pack <laughs> in like yeah. three different that's true three different three offensive different accents. accents yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also yeah. someone's probably made a minion sound pack that you can sideload into that old uh, yeah, late nineties sure. Worms Armageddon yeah. because I definitely played with a Psychonauts and Sam and Max. Sound pack when I played. I recall a oh, Monty man, really? Python yeah. one. I never did that. I never. Mm-hmm. Did. I recall a Monty Python sound pack. For mm-hmm. I of course, of course, you recall that. British person. Fine. <laughs> Mighty fine. Yep. Uh, Nathaniel Burdick writes, Hey, Thumbs, I was playing Downwell on iPhone, and I felt the controls were becoming less responsive. Naturally, I blamed the hardware rather than myself, and decided to see if the screen would invert if I flipped the phone over, giving me a new bit of screen for the controls. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. The game didn't flip, but I decided to try a run upside down. I was surprised by how easily I adjusted to the new perspective. In fact, the game immediately felt less frantic because I was no longer falling, but instead flying upward of my own volition. Also, I found I preferred the directional controls under my right hand, despite years of conditioning otherwise. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts if you give it a try. And do you have similar examples of playing games differently than the developer intended? Thanks, Nate Man, Burdick. he just basically turned it into a classic vertical shooting. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is a way more classic Weird. perspective. Ruined. Yeah. Oh, right, because you're shooting up to the top yeah, of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Just, you're just shooting upwards and going forwards. Like all I hope games that this like mode that. becomes popular, and I also hope that it is called Upside Down Well. <laughs> <laughs> me too you now. son of a bitch that's what that makes itself that name is i know you, you you observed it correctly playing games differently we had um a long time ago i ran a thing called game-a-thon in my house for three days where people came over like a land party 
Yeah, but it was there was no land. Well, there was a land, but that was only a piece of it. Oh, so um, it was a party. It was like console games everywhere. And then I, I bought a bunch of Atari joysticks and sprayed them gold to make gold joystick awards. And then we basically <laughs> had tournaments of everything. But a bunch yeah. of those games we found fun ways to play like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog upside down and uh, or like trying to get the fastest time but have the fewest rings whilst playing upside down and that kind of stuff. That right. Good. Nice. Good fun times when you can do that when you're 23 or whatever. <laughs> Fill your house with idiots for yeah. a week. That's cool. I can't remember if I've done weird. I know, I've got nothing. Well, Spath had the best answer that we're going to come up with. So. <laughs> yeah. Playing no, Sonic true. the Hedgehog upside down, point trial, no rings. Yeah. I remember when I was testing, uh, I was a tester back in the day. And we were testing some kind of Formula One game for months on end. And we started trying to play, um, like the other person's screen. So like <laughs> swapping controllers and then starting at the same time and then trying to get as far as you can on, on the other person's screen, <laughs> which doesn't last very long and is terrible. But yeah. when you're a tester, as many people listening to this may know, you have to come up with lots of interesting things to keep your mind from breaking yeah. and falling asleep. <laughs> I remember when the um, when the Guitar Hero and Rock Band games were out, I would just connect the guitar and play, try and play all games with it. Oh, and yeah, most of them were basically the impossible. Yeah, but it was really fun. Racing games were pretty were pretty doable, um, especially when they mapped to the like using the the like strum bar as left and right. I can't remember like what which platforms ended up having those work for what, but. Uh, we played a, a bunch of games using dance mats that weren't supposed to have it. Like uh, we played Burnout with dance mats, which was a really weird choice, but it's good. Um, and we played track and field with a dance mat, so that you actually had to run on the spot and then like jump onto a button to like <laughs> launch yourself over a pit or something. Yeah, I remember doing that too. That's good. But yeah, dance mats to play other weird games is the best. I'm playing Downwell upside down right now, and it's upside Downwell fucking weird. Like the shooting part makes sense, but like you're the jumping, you're basically just applying brakes, I guess. <laughs> it's weird, like a pair, it's odd. There's no like consistent metaphor I can think of to describe why your guy sort of just leaps backwards. Um, it's hard. I don't think I would be good at this. Although, you know, he I says. guess I can see it. Class <laughs> <laughs> 60 hours yes. later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I could see how you could get used to this, but I, I, I'm not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's that. That is that. That. Thank you for listening to idle thumbs. If you would like to send us mail as Jake suggested earlier, you can send it to questions at idle thumbs.net. Uh, we have a number (laughs) of other shows available at idle thumbs.net, including, uh, esports today with Rob Zachney and Andrew Gruen and designer notes with Soren Johnson and frequently Adam Saltzman interviewing other video game developers. Uh, Terminal 7, if you like Netrunner. Um, it's a good bunch of shows. You can find them all there. Uh, we are soon, hopefully soon. I know we missed our kind of October hope, but we are, we are in fact hoping to soon launch Idle Weekend with Rob Zachney and Danielle Riendo, formerly of this podcast. So keep an eye out for that. And if you like this or any of our other shows, please tell a friend. 
consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. We love it a lot when you do that. It is exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting to me. It is. We're all excited, Chris. Everyone's happy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>